morning, great afternoon, great night. Welcome to Moments of Mindset, the podcast. I am your host, your guide, Rodney Williams. Today, my brother, my brother, my brother, it's been a long time. He is a veteran of the show. He is jujitsu world champ. I know him as Jeff. The whole world knows him as Cyril. Welcome back to the show, brother. How are you? Good, brother. How are you, man? Man, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So as everybody knows, this is season three. It's about the experience, not just my experience, but the people I have in high regard and that are really sinking their teeth into this existence and making it a better place. So if this is your first time tuning into the show, whether you're watching or listening, welcome. Welcome to the family. If you've been here before through seasons one and season two, you know how we do as a family. Welcome back. Normally you hear me say, let's go. But there's a new thing for season three. When my guests come on, I'll do a countdown and they're going to give me their best. Let's go. Are you ready? I'm ready. Yeah. So here we go. On the count of three, let's get it going. One, two, three. Let's go. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Not as good as you, Rod. Nobody can do hey, it like you, Rod. Listen, it's not it's not even about it. It's about the connecting, man. And so fresh <laughs> off of a tournament win out in Vegas a few weeks ago, man. Welcome to the show. How you been? I'm good, brother. I'm good. How are you? Man, I'm doing well, man. Doing well. Just excited, man. Just to see your smiling face and that energy. It's man, the show's long. been the show's been missing it, man. I know you have a lot going on, so I appreciate you taking the time, man, here here with me today. For sure, man. Yeah, it's been it's been too long. I, I love that um, the times in the past to get together. So I'm just looking forward to doing it again today, man. Appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, of course, of course, man. And I just kind of want to dive in because recently I have been I did an episode that I released this week talking about celebrate you. And as I found the collective in my circle, my daughter who just recently got a job getting out of her comfort zone. One of my best friends, Larry, who's an actor in Los Angeles, he's coming into his own mentally in terms of embracing and celebrating himself, got his first lead in terms of for a full-length movie, getting a promotion at work. So things are really starting to galvanize and come together for the people kind of in my inner dot. You just recently winning that championship and, and me seeing that, it inspires me to continue to dive in. Speak to how, at this point in your career, you know, being a father, being, you know, having your own business and having all these different visions, like what is it that, that intangible that continues to get you going? Because it's not just about, at the end of the day, getting your, your hand raised. It, it's much, much deeper than that. What, what is it that gets you just unequivocally yo i gotta make sure that while i have this time i'm gonna smash everything in my path yeah so for me it, it sounds like you're kind of asking like kind of what's my why you know what i mean like why would you wake up in the morning you know if i don't get a train in the morning i'm going straight to work working a full eight to ten hour day then maybe on my lunch break i'm running lift weights or train jiu-jitsu then right after i get out of work come home, kiss my kids, straight to the gym. And if I didn't get my workout in the morning, I'm going to get my workout at night. Like, man, it's almost like having this duality with two separate lives. And it's like, it's not something a lot of people want to do. But for me, uh, I'm trying to accomplish something for my kids and build a legacy for my kids. So 
as bad as there's days I want to quit and not train, like everybody has those days. If they tell you they don't, they're lying to you. Um, but it could be something professionally. It could be, man, I don't want to spend an extra hour going through these emails or I don't want to spend an extra, you know, hour following up um, on these um, uh, requests from customers. Like, it could be anything, right? Uh, it doesn't just have to be athletics. But man, like for me, it's about preparing a life for my kids, not to spoil them, but to give them opportunities that I didn't have. So I think the temptation, you know, kind of growing up, how I grew up is to make sure that my kids don't deal with the same things I dealt with. But the biggest challenge has been realizing that, man, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of struggle. Like it's good for you. Like it, it really does help shape you and build your character, build your resilience. So anybody who's in that phase right now, don't get discouraged because that's the temptation. Like, man, this thing's not going nowhere. You know, it's kind of, it's like old, an old tale, but it's a true story, like Chinese bamboo. It takes five years before you see anything. Five years. Then it grows in 90 days, almost to the full height. It's just, so you're watering, you're fertilizing, you're watering, fertilizing, man, nothing's there year after year or month after month or day after day. You're not seeing the results you want, man. The only thing that's guaranteed is if you stop doing what you're supposed to be doing, you're going to go back to where you were. That's the only thing that's 100% certainty is if you stop doing things you need to do and don't want to do, you for sure will stay where you're at or get worse because there's really no doing this. Either you're getting better or you're getting worse. That's like I say, professionally, personally, physically, in all areas of your life. So um, it's easy for me to find that motivation because I got three of them, you know, dad, 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 you know. So it's not hard for me. You know, it's not hard for me at all. But I could understand how if there's somebody who's maybe their kids are already grown up to college, maybe they don't have kids, maybe they're not even married, maybe they're single. And that couch looks a whole lot better than getting up and going to the gym, you know. Or watching that TV show looks better than answering those emails we talked about earlier. So for me, uh, it's most critical for someone to figure out what their why is in life in general. And if they have trouble finding that, they should message you or message me. And I got to tell you, I could ask them five questions and find out real fast what their why is. You know what I mean? Mm, mm. What are those, speaking of those, what, what would those five questions be? Well, number one would be like, why do you think you're here? Why do you think you're here? Like, do you think it's by chance? Do you think it's by design? Either way, why do you think you're here? Because that's going to be critical, right? If you can't say why you're here, then we need to back up even further. And that's like the, we got question one, then we're going to, now we're going to crash, ask question capital A and capital B and capital C, right? And number two, well, number two would be basic. You'd be like, okay, if you know why you're here, how do you think you fit in to accomplishing what you want to accomplish? So now we're talking about just the necessity, right? And the next one's going to be, what do you want to do? What would you like to do? So you know why you're here. You believe this is your purpose. Is this really what you want to do? Do you want to fulfill your purpose? And if it is, the next question would be, what will you do? What will you not do, rather, to get there? I say, okay, this is the line. I won't, I won't stay up all night chasing my dream. Okay, well, maybe you won't, but there's people who will. Mm. So if you don't have a competitive bone in your body, you better find it quickly, right? And the last question would be, what are you willing to do to stay on that path? So we already identified where you're not willing to go. Okay, so what are you willing to do? Because you, all right, you're not willing to do X. All right, so what are you willing to do? And man, if somebody answers those five questions, I can tell you right away, like, where they're going to go, how successful they're going to be. And that's not being critical or, or being, uh, you know, uh, talking down to anybody. It's just, if you can't honest, be honest with yourself with those five things 
and you don't have the clarity of vision to identify them, you just need to stop on that step until you're ready to go to the next one. Mm-hmm. But man, those to me, those five questions are going to tell you right away where somebody's going to end up a year from now, five years from now, 50 years from now, five generations from now. I'm not talking about just their lifetime now. I'm talking about their kids' lives, their kids' kids' lives, their kids' kids' kids. Is, it's like, man, it just goes on and on and on. So Yeah. Yeah, man, I, I love that because there's a there has been a shift, right? And you know, everybody went through, you know, the, um, you know, the lockdown over the past two years and whatnot. And people are coming out and wanting to try to find a way to assimilate themselves and find their footing. But it's not just about finding your footing, as you mentioned, it's the generations. That's the going deep into the unknown, right? Like, it's that I, I talk about it all the time, that ripple effect, right? Like, you and I are creating the ripples in our kids' lives, and when we're no longer here, those ripples still continue, whether or not we're here or not, to see them. And it's yep. what can we do to make sure like, every day with baby girl, I say it all the time, she's my pattern interrupt to just be inspired, turning on this mic, turning on this camera, even if for whatever reason I feel as though I'm not conveying a message or maybe I don't ask the right questions. I always ask God the higher power, just use me as a conduit for any sort, any sort of light for the listeners or the viewers. And it's, I have not thought about, um, I never thought I'd have been here, right? Like to be at this space and to be in this platform where you and I are really getting to make a difference whether it's seen or unseen, just being able to, to do that. And I want to ask you with regard to, you know, as you're going through and you mentioned the importance of your whys, what are some things that as you're preparing for your tournaments now, because, you know, we're in our 40s, right? As you're preparing, what is the, the, the hardest thing that um, you had to overcome this go round in terms of winning the championship? What, 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 was, what was like the, man... I really got to go deep into the tank and, and, and um, get that extra effort, right? Like, what, what was it? Yeah, the biggest challenge, like you mentioned, at our age is um, the training. The tournament is not the tournament is not the hard part. The tournament is more mental than it's physical because I've already spent eight weeks doing the physical. The hardest part is getting through the training, man. The guys, some of my best training partners are in their 20s. Um, Probably my best training partner, if not if not for uh, my sensei, would be uh, a buddy of mine who was a D1 uh, football player, and uh, he's in his late 30s, and he's just an incredible athlete, but he's got a very sharp mind. Uh, his name is Jacoby, and, man, I know every time I train with him, I never have to worry about getting injured. It's not that. It's just, man, I have to be on my – I have to be sharp because even though he's uh, one lower ranked than me, man, his level is getting, like, world class. And so I have to go in there with the mindset of, man, this training is not indicative of what my result will be. Man, it's going to suck. Another one of my training partners was a college football player. He weighs about 290 pounds, and he's 24, I think. Man, I'm 220. You know what I mean? Like, I'm 43. I could legit be his dad. It's like, (laughs) man, going in and getting beat up by these 20-year-olds, man, it's, it's humbling. Now, there's days I have you know, I give them a little business back. Right. But it's like, man, you have to have the wherewithal to know there's days you're going to be the hammer and days you're going to be the nail. And there's some days you're going to get wrecked. And I can almost tell when I go in and I have to make sure I'm not like psyching myself out 
But man, if I'm just mentally exhausted before I even walk in the training room, you know, or maybe I had to do a lot of physical activity during work. It's like, man, I really have to fight to stay positive and stay in the mindset of, or at least neutral where I'm saying, okay, I'm not going to lie to myself and say, this has been the best, easiest day ever, but I'm also going to say, ah, today's going to be awful. I'm just going to get smashed the whole day. So the hardest part is maintaining the focus and also knowing that what you're doing to prepare is not indicative of what your results will be. I know that sounds counterintuitive to basketball, like how we grew up, but there's probably days when you played one-on-one and you got smoked with somebody. And you know what? Maybe the next day you had a game and dropped 30. So that if you would have let that, that one performance in one-on-one or 21 with the guys ruin your week, you would have had a for sure terrible performance. So I think it's when we're, when we're doing things that are out of our comfort zone to not be too hard on ourselves and not think that's how it's always going to be. Because like I mentioned before, the only the only reason it would always be like that is if you never progress, you never take the next step. You quit. If you quit, for sure it'll always be like that. But if you keep showing up, you keep showing up. And really, that's what jiu-jitsu is. You have to just keep showing up. If you'll keep coming and you'll keep being the nail, keep getting hammered on, keep getting hammered, eventually you'll be the hammer. And you'll be like, one day you're going to wake up like, oh, damn. Like, wow, okay. I've become pretty good, you know. So whenever I face guys my age, it's like, man, it's – to have a hard time with me because I'm willing to do anything and train with anybody. I've trained with some of the best people in the world, like uh, Muhammad Ali, um, Bruno, of course, six-time world champion, Johnny Tama. These guys are adult black belt world champions. Like, and, and I've had the opportunity to train with them. I see what the level is. Did I have anything on them? No, nothing. But that's the point. It's like playing one-on-one with Michael Jordan, who wouldn't take that opportunity, even if you lose 11 to zero, just to feel that speed. Right. But if you're a type person that says, no, my ego's too, too fragile. You know what I mean? I don't want to go out there. He's going to beat me 11 zero. You will never gain that experience. You'll never be better for it. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love the analogy that you use of the hammer in the nail, because guess what? In a, you know, I work construction. I know you know that too. So in carpentry work, both of those are essential. Right. So mm-hmm. as you're going through and like you said, sometimes you're the hammer, sometimes you're the nail that is iron sharpening iron. And that goes from off the mat and even on the mat. So as you are continuing, obviously you because you're at Brown, you're Brown Belt right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and typically it takes, you know, a decade or so to kind of get to that level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And so. You know, with that, that is the dedication and the commitment and the craftsmanship, which we talked about before. How are you taking this and what is your vision for that next generation? Obviously, your Mm -hmm. children, the direct line. But what are some thoughts in terms of you utilizing all the things that you've learned in jujitsu to help the next generation, those that are coming up and either might have had some of the same background or just to really help them? Um find a focus and find a niche to let them know like, Hey, if you stick with it, man, there's, there's mountains to see. There's things that that unknown is, is going to really be um, appetizing for you to think about. Tell me about that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm for sure going to have a school one day and the focus is going to be get around helping kids. It's like, I want, I want to be the person that I wish I had when I was a kid growing up like a knucklehead, you know, my yeah. uncle, if without my uncle, I mean, you know, I, I don't know who I would have been. He was like my older brother. We're four years apart. I don't know. But I want to be there for 
the next generation of kids who are just like, nobody wants to do the hard work anymore. Nobody wants to do the hard, everybody wants to, it's all instant gratification. Everybody wants to walk in a jewelry store and buy a diamond, but nobody wants a diamond before it's refined. Man, you walk into it. I don't know if people like this mouse is very round, right? But it's a, it's black. Picture it all rugged. That's what a diamond looks like before it gets in the hand of a jeweler. But nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to pick up the rock or nobody wants to be the rock, right? Everybody wants to be the diamond. Oh, I go on Instagram and I see, oh, boy's got a, a new Lambo. That's what I want. Okay, well, what are you doing to get there? Well, I don't know. Well, you're never going to get there. I promise you that much. Like, whatever your goals are. Man, I've talked about it before. My good friend, Dustin Webb, who's like, man, you got to plan your work and work your plan. Like, you just, whatever your goals are. And this is really what I want to help young people with, man, is understanding what their goals are. To this day, I finally have recognized, like, what I want to be and what my purpose is, right? But my whole life, people ask me what I want to be. All I had was a dollar amount. For me, it was 100 grand. Because when I was a kid, like, if you made 100 grand, you're either, like, a pro athlete or you're on the corner. That's it. And if you weren't, if you weren't making 100 Gs, you were nothing, which is absolutely ridiculous. But that's what was in my head. That was in my head. And I'll never forget the first time I did, um, I was talking to my mom about it, and she was like, Oh my gosh, you did it. And I was like, I did what? She's like, you made six figures, you know? And I'm like, ah, I guess I did, you know? She's like, do you not remember what a big deal to you that was? Well, I had already matured so much in life, I had forgot about that ridiculous vision. Because to me now, it is ridiculous, right? What's more important is what are you doing for other people? I could have $100 trillion or whatever the total, the total available uh, cash <laughs> is in the world, right? And if I'm not doing anything to help anybody else, man, I'm pretty worthless if you ask me pretty worthless you know and so my worth is no longer tied to a dollar amount my worth is tied to what can i do for other people because mm. i feel like that's when when i'm when i'm when i'm feeding other people that's when i know i'm going to get fed the most mm -hmm. right and not just physically but spiritually as well emotionally right you're just your general appreciation of life and contentment so i'm sure there's people out there who maybe they've made it this far in the podcast and like man i'm not sure what life has for me I would encourage those people to get out and go do something nice for somebody. It sounds so ridiculous, but I promise you, if you do it and don't enjoy it, DM me and there's a steak dinner on me. Okay. <laughs> whatever, whatever steakhouse you want to go to, you do what I tell you to do, go out and do something really nice for somebody who can do nothing to pay you back. And if you don't feel rewarded for that, I don't care if it's $5 or whatever, I will buy you a steak dinner at the steakhouse of your choice. That's how sure I am of the results that you'll get for sure. I'm telling you, man, it's like as I've as I've gotten older and, you know, as we mature and obviously I still got a lot of stuff to work on. Right. It's like, man, I realize what's important. And to get to circle back to your question, I want to be there for a lot of these kids who don't have um, the strong parental guidance that you and I had. Thank God you and I both had that, you know, um, growing up, we had support. Right. We were athletes. But we had the support of our family, not just telling us, oh, that basketball is worthless, you know, or that football is worthless, or that boxing is worthless, you know. They were in our corner, and that means something. There's a lot of young people don't have that, man. They don't have that at all. Yeah. Man, and I that's love what it. I want. That's why I'm chasing what I'm chasing, right? It's like I want to build a legacy so it adds to the legit legitimacy of what I'm doing. So when I'm coaching these young people, or even if there's older people who want to come train as well, I love to work with them too. It's listen, I know that middle-aged people need love too. Older people need love too, right? So whoever comes, I'm just gearing towards young people, but man, I'm, I'm here for everybody. I worked with a couple of guys, a couple of friends of mine um, to help them with different areas of their jujitsu. And it's been very rewarding. You know, they've been, 
they, they send me messages saying, Hey, listen, matter of fact, a good friend of mine uh, sent me a message this morning. Like, Hey, listen, here's what happened this morning. What do you think, man? It feels so great to give somebody feedback on something that's going to benefit them. You know what I mean? It's just being there for somebody. Like when you message me relentlessly and I feel like a jerk cause I don't get back to you fast enough, but I know that my boy is always going to be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. My boy's going to be there. And you know, I'm the type guy that if it's two o'clock in the morning and you're in a pickle, I'm like, I'm on the next thing smoking. I'll be there for you, player. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, you know what? I, I have one last question, man. Like, I was doing a walk this morning. That's one of the things. I, I walk eight miles every morning, and it allows me wow. to just, awesome. Yeah, it, it's something that I just started, man, and it really it, it puts me in a nice, calm place, right? Like, instead of me running, it's just like, it's not about the mileage. Because, honestly, I thought about, man, how great would it be to do a walk that coincides with my birth year in terms of the distance. So I walked from one end of this one road, Fallbrook, to one end to the opposite end. And it was 7.9 miles. Well, that's my birth year, seven, 79. Yep. So having that coincide, man, it, it's, it was like, wow, man, it was divine timing. But one of the things I was thinking about, like my superpower is connecting with people, no matter what, because when I'm walking, I find enjoyment in the cars driving by and I put my hand up, hey, how are you? And to see a smile or to see them wave back, I'm connecting with somebody and giving them some positive light as they go about their day, whether I ever meet them or not, right? What would you say is your superpower? Hmm. You know what I'm gonna say is relatability. I feel like um, early in my career, and I just talk from a professional standpoint, because you already know on a personal standpoint, and I'll talk about that as well. Um, I started out in very remedial. My very first full-time job was as a bouncer. And you know, you know all too well about that. It was the most miserable job because at the time I didn't drink a drop of alcohol. Not that I had some big thing event. It just wasn't, it just wasn't for me. And so here I am picking up after drunk people, throwing drunk people out the club till three o'clock in the morning. I got an eight o'clock class, eight o'clock class the next morning up at Texas AM. Man, it was miserable. But in 99 and 2000, there was no jobs going to pay me $18 an hour. And I was trying to make as much money as I could to finish up my undergrad. So I was like, man, it was brutal. Working 40 hours a week as a bouncer at a club was brutal. But <laughs> I'm glad I started there because my next job was working. Uh, I sold cars at Don McGill, as you know. And then I went and worked in the mailroom at Lakewood Church. And so literally I worked my way up from the mailroom up into the communications department. But I never forgot where I came from. And so even today, when I'm meeting with our senior vice presidents of our company from Ohio, I talk to them the same way I talk to the lady who hangs my shirts and pants or the lady who's my custodian. I know everybody's name. I treat everybody with dignity and respect. And I can carry on a conversation with someone who would consider the least, who I don't. I, I realize that the toe is just as important as the nose, as the eyes, as the hands and everything, right? We're all one. Um, but I can... I can speak to them in a level that we can connect. And I think that's uncommon. I don't think that's normal. You know, I have a passion for people. I don't care about shirts and pants. I couldn't care less about shirts and pants. What I care about is people. So no matter what field I've worked in, regardless of the commodity or even in jujitsu, for example, when I'm teaching a private lesson, it's always geared around meeting them wherever they are and then figuring out how I can identify areas to help make their life more fruitful if mm -hmm. that makes sense so mm -hmm. i like helping people find joy in remedial tasks 
like my ladies who hang shirt who hang shirts and pants when I first took over as a plant manager, I walked in there and it was like super somber. They like putting the shirts. I'm like, hey, we need to get some music in here. They're like, what? I was like, yeah, let's get some music. So I bought a big Bluetooth speaker, like one of the huge ones, you know. And I put it in there, and then Monday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday is Latino music, and then Tuesday, Thursday is like hip hop. And so they're like, man, they're having a time back there. I started doing like some partner appreciation stuff where we buy them breakfast or buy them lunch. It's like, man, these ladies. And what, oddly enough, the biggest fights I ever got in with management was over partner pay, was over paying my people. Like I knew I was going to be taken care of because I knew how to negotiate me, but they didn't know how to negotiate for themselves. Right. So the biggest fights I got in almost quit once is getting my people more money. You know why? Because I know they're trying to live and I know that I couldn't make the money I make if they're not doing the stuff they do. So anybody who's a small business owner, man, I encourage you to wrap your arms around your people big time. Anybody who works within a company and there's somebody below you, go help coach that person up. Help get that person up to the next level. If there's people above you, treat them with dignity and respect. But those people below you are the ones who could really, really benefit from you helping them get a leg up. Could be something so simple as, hey, what's going on today? You need help with something? One of my guys unloading a truck. Doesn't matter if I'm in my suit or not. I'll go, hey man, let me give you a hand. Like, what? No, you're dressed up. Nah, man, it's just clothes. Like, it's okay. I got sent to the cleaners, you know? Man, it goes a long way. So I would say relatability is uh is something that I pride myself in in uh, helping people find joy in what many others would consider remedial tasks is something, man, I really like. I really like it a lot. Yeah, man. And it's, it's, it speaks to that love that I've known ever since we were 12 years old, man. <laughs> like the, the decades have just really, it's, it's beautiful to watch and to witness, man, because you can feel it. And, you know, just with what you're about to, you know, embark on this weekend, which we should, which we talked mm-hmm. about, man, that's an amazing, with everything on your plate, you still have the emotional coherence in space to understand how important that is. And so, yeah. man, that's why I love always having you uh, and having this conversation, whether it's on this platform or whether we're just catching up. And, man, you know how it is. Last thoughts, leave the audience with something, a little a little tidbit, a little morsel that will help them go into their next day, the weekend, with a, with a, with a smile on their face, seeing that light at the end of the tunnel. Man, I'll try to be real quick about it, but uh, on July, actually on Sunday, I was going to fly back to Vegas, and one of my best buddies' wives called me and said, or I called her, rather, because I heard that my best buddy wasn't doing well, and one of his valves came off his heart. And here's somebody who I've trained with the last five years who I wouldn't have been in Midland training where I'm at now, if not for him. And um, he had open heart surgery, July the 4th. I flew out there Monday morning and uh, sat there with his wife. He made it through. Thank God. We're just waiting now for his kidneys to kind of regain their function. But my word is, man, life is so fragile and life is so short. And I don't mean this gloom because I know my buddy's going to make a full recovery. And Rod, when you think about it, please, please say a prayer for him. Um, he and his wife have been to a lot, man. And they're really great people. And uh, life is short. If you're thinking you're going to do it tomorrow, man, you don't know if you even have tomorrow. Like today, just take a step in the direction of where you want to go. Don't get discouraged if it's, if it's small because it's better than the step you didn't take, right? Because mm-hmm. how many days in your life, how many days in your life have you promised that tomorrow is going to be it? How many times have you told yourself, oh, it's okay, I'll do it tomorrow or I'll do it next week? I know you said it a lot of times because I've said it myself. Mm. So do something today 
to get to the next step of wherever you want to go. I don't care if it's personally. I don't care if it's uh, professionally. It could be calling your grandma who you haven't talked to in a while. It could be telling your parents that you love them, calling a sibling. Hey, I'm thinking about you calling a friend who might be down, seeing a stranger struggling to push their cart back and they got three little kids with them. Go grab the cart for them, put it up, do something for somebody else and do something for yourself to get to where you want to be. Take a step. It's not, don't say tomorrow because you've said it already. How many times mm. today is the day. Take a step in the direction of your dream. Can you give a hundred percent today to improve in at least 1%? That's all Man, I'll say. Only, at the end of the day, guess who you're robbing if you don't yourself. Mm. You're robbing yourself. You're hurting yourself. Like do something to get to where you want to go. I love the 1% analogy because if you do it long enough, you see how much of a change that it gives. Mm -hmm. And it, it breaks it down so much so that people don't get discouraged, right? That we're just in this instant. It's really difficult like for people who don't have the wherewithal to understand that everything they see took time, that everything is fast. Everything, our attention span just keeps doing this. And our tolerance for results keeps doing this and it's just not reality, but take a step, man. Take a step. Yeah, man. I love you. Listen to the audience. Thank you all for listening. I know he'll be back again with some amazing gems as he always does. And the energy and the synergy that we have, man, I always love it. That smiling face, man. And thank you for taking the time. Cause I know you're busy. You're on the move, man. So to all the listeners out there, thank you again for locking arms with us. Listen to this. Take notes, go back, rewatch, pass it, share it on, because that's the only way that we're going to continue to grow. Jeff, I love you, man. I appreciate you I so love you much. More. All right, man. I love have you a great more, one. brother. All right, Later, brother. You too.